I hope you enjoy the upcoming content that we'll have for you on today's episode. I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. And know that today's episode is brought to you by the Swim Master Melody Course at successwithmusic.com. If you are in the songwriting game, if you are in the production game, make sure you understand what it takes to create a melody before you get to mastering and mixing and all that man it all starts with a powerful melody check it out today it is absolutely worth the investment the swim master melody course at successwithmusic.com hey let's get to the show this is swim success with music Yo, what up, music fam? This is Walt. This is Success With Music. I am your music coach. Your went to bed on time, but still feel a little sleepy speaker. Your A, I'm about to hit that second cup of coffee because a bro may need it speaker. Yo, let's dive in. Again, this is Walt. This is Success With Music. This is a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students, Hey, we are about that music life. Hey, I appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast as usual, wherever you happen to be in the world. Hey, man, I welcome you into the show. Hey, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, our numbers indicate that we have listeners from all around the world. And again, I do appreciate it. Hey, do me a favor. If you are enjoying the program and see some benefit Please share this podcast with your students. If you're a music teacher, if you're part of a band, hey, just go ahead and send that link to your band members. We appreciate the love, and I'm hoping that we can offer some value to you and your music life, helping you to be successful. I also encourage you to look through our different episodes because we tackle different aspects of music on a weekly basis, whether it be music marketing, bringing in special guest speakers, dealing with techniques, figuring out ways to make more money, and even getting into some music theory. So, yo, we are trying to make sure we are covering all areas that will help you to be more successful. And today, I want to talk about digital audio workstations and what I found out from some recent experiences. So, yeah, you want to make sure you uh, stick around for our main topic of the day. I always like to start with some interesting and fun facts. Today is not so much fun, uh, but more interesting. Alright, so let's get into it. So, musicians such as Slash, you remember from Guns N' Roses, Bob Marley, Carlos Santana, man, these dudes would be sad to know that Gibson, an iconic instrument maker, may be on the brink of destruction. And, and again, that's Gibson. And I'm not sure about you, man, but Gibson has been a part of my life like forever. But either way it goes, the musicians I just mentioned have been known to rock Gibson gear, you know, like Les Paul and SG instruments. Now, though Gibson has been around for more than a century, its mounting debt issues may push this famed guitar maker into bankruptcy later this year, just a few months from now, if they don't turn things around. So unfortunately, this is not fun news, but yet it is interesting news. 
And hopefully Gibson is not dead just yet, man. That would be a shame for an institution like this just to uh, to go away. Uh, but speaking of things that have died, I wanted to go ahead and move over into our main topic of the day. And uh, picking up on that thought, man, my DAW, my digital audio workstation, in effect, has died. Um, it's been glitching out quite a bit, so I decided to uh, update it. And, uh, you know, I, I've been using the same software for many years, more than I would like to admit. And what I've done is over time, I will purchase the updated version, spend a few hundred bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever it may be to get the latest version of it, you know, with the newest plugins and all that kind of stuff or soft sense or, or features or and, and quite frankly, I'm always hoping that as I update my software, that it will run better than it did before. But again, it's been glitching out. I don't know if it's just um, that my machine is old, my computer is old, or it's the software. Um, but yeah, I just recently recently decided to just spend the money to update it. The thing that really, really irked me and got on my nerves, man, is that when I went to go and update it for this time, there was a notice on the website that said that the parent company has recently abandoned this software that I've been using for well over a decade. And what a coincidence, the parent company for the software I've been using is Gibson. Well, looky there, no surprise. So apparently them not updating the uh, the software had some other elements to it, meaning there's a company that's struggling. And uh, yeah, I guess they decided that uh, software is not the thing to focus on at this point. Nonetheless, I was just on uh, this, um, my software um, division's website just the other day. Apparently another company is going to pick it up and try to run with maybe the name of the software. Maybe they're going to revamp it. Either way it goes, man, I really don't care. I've basically given up on the software, given the uh, the issues that I've had over the years. Anyhow, this this episode is not about bashing the software or talk about or to talk about my issues that I've had. What I wanted to talk about is choosing the right software for digital recording. So we're going to talk about things you should know when purchasing your digital audio workstation. Maybe you're in the same place I was where You've been doing something or using something for years. You're ready to make a change or maybe you're just new to software recording technology and and maybe you want to get into this world. So I want to offer you some thoughts about this because I've been using this stuff for quite some time and feel that some of these ideas will be helpful for you. All right. So let's get to it. All right. So I have five things you should know about purchasing your next digital audio workstation. All right, first thing, and this is going to seem like an obvious one, but it makes all the sense in the world to talk about, is choosing your platform. What I mean by that is, are you a Mac person or are you a PC person? And some of you guys uh, out there, you're Linux people, whatever. Um, The point being is that you need to figure out what you're going to be using a Mac or PC. Again, this sounds pretty simple, but for many, many years, I've been rocking with PC. Uh, There's been pros and cons with it. Mainly uh, the pros have been, you know, along the financial side, you you can get a brand new computer for a pretty 
small amount of money, whereas Max, they've traditionally been quite high in terms of um, expense. But I've recently decided personally to move over to Mac after all of these years for a number of reasons. But the point being is that you need to figure out what you're going to use and see if the software maker, your digital audio workstation maker, has a version of the software on whatever platform you decide to use, Mac or PC. So that's one thing you need to figure out, your long-term costs. Are you going to invest in that Windows world, or are you going to move your hardware investment over to Apple? All right, let's move on to the next thought or consideration when getting your DAW, your digital audio workstation. Cost of ownership. This subject has really got on my nerves over the years. And I'll tell you what that is, the cost for software. So when I were was using my software uh, for whatever years, number of years, like 10 plus years, I bought the initial version of the software for a few hundred dollars and then would spend uh, anywhere from one to 200 bucks for the newest version as it would come out, it would come out like yearly, which was kind of annoying to me. And I hate that when you buy something the next year, the brand new version is out and you're thinking, wow, my version sucks. So I would play the game. I would update it year after year after year. And then sometimes I would just skip, you know, a year or two just because, you know, I felt they were just hustling me. It's like, wow, you know, why can't you guys just make it super robust and keep it uh, the same for a few years and provide free updates. But no, that's not how they worked. So the cost of ownership for me over time, man, it, it was pretty high. Now, on the other hand, there's kind of a newer uh, philosophy out there with respect to payment, and that's the subscription model. This model, I don't like it much more than the other model, meaning that every month, I'm being charged, let's say, 20 bucks, and I can I think you guys know who I'm talking about when I say this. I'm just not a big fan of this model because if you keep your software, let's say, for about a year, year and a half, you're paying the same amount as you would by buying it outright. So I just don't like the subscription model, but it's out there. I can see the sense in doing it, and quite frankly, I was going to pull the trigger in doing it, but I felt that if I did go down that road, I would be prisoner to uh, that system because all of my my software would be with that particular maker, and if I wanted to switch, and going on with that particular software maker would basically imprison me even further and just have me captive for for the foreseeable future. But nonetheless, you need to add up the cost of ownership. What are you prepared to pay? Most of us don't want to be nickeled and dimed to death, but you have to figure out what that is. Pay a huge amount of money up front and then pay for those upgrades as they come along or pay very, very small amounts on a monthly basis. But that's something that you most certainly want to look into, the cost of ownership, and really see if you compare apples to apples, what you're going to be paying in the end. All right, let's move on to the next point. Point number three, research plugin availability. Your application, how well will it uh, handle different types of plugins? And of course, these plugins will change based off of the platform, Mac or PC. And there may be some plugins available in the Mac ecosystem that are not available on the PC ecosystem. So if you're using like reverbs, uh, reverb or soft sense or compression or what have you, and you like a particular maker 
or developer for those types of plugins, make sure they support your platform. Recently, with my new Mac environment, there is an auto-tune or vocal correction software that I've been using for years. Um, they make a version for Mac, but it's not as robust as it is on PC, and that came as a disappointing surprise. So again, do your research on plug-in compatibility. All right, point number four, I highly recommend doing some comparisons between digital audio workstations. One of the things that I typically will do, I'll hop on Google and I'll type in one maker of software and I'll type the word versus another maker. So let me give you an example. I'll type in, let's say, Logic versus Reason or Cubase versus FL Studio. The point being is I like to compare and contrast the various software makers out there just to find out what will give me the biggest bang for the buck. So or what will have, you know, what software will have, what features, where does the other manufacturer or developer fail in certain areas? And that leads me to point number five. Point number five is choose your software based on the type of production that you that you're involved with. So, for instance, are you someone who you're just recording very simple tracks? You know, if that's the case, if you're just recording just, let's say, dry vocal tracks or just maybe a, a guitar track or doing some basic voiceover work, I don't know, maybe you can go with something like an Audacity, just as an example. Whereas if you were editing I don't know, full surround sound, you may need something a lot more robust or if you're doing some mixing and mastering. So again, you need to figure out what are you going to be, what are you going to be using your software for? In my case, I use my software for a host of things. So I'm doing mixing and mastering. I do voice related work. I do music. I sync music to video at times. So I need something that has a lot of functionality. So again, look into that before pulling the trigger on whatever software you have your eye on. All right, now I want to give you one more tip here, or one more thought about choosing a digital audio workstation, and this will be the bonus tip for the day. And this tip is brought to you by the book Jingle Money. Jingle Money, that's all one word, by the way. Jingle Money is a book about creating music for commercials. It's a guide to show you how to make thousands of dollars for just mere seconds of music. And I mean that. That's a real thing. I've done it over the years. It's something that you can do quite easily from your home studio, from your basement, from your digital audio workstation that you're working with. It's pretty easy, but you need the steps. You need the insight. You need to figure out how to price your, your product, how to find people who will buy it, having a contract, the whole Story is laid out for you in the book, Jingle Money. Just check out Amazon. Jingle Money, it's a very simple, easy read. And uh, we have some good reviews out there for the book. So again, it's most certainly worth your time. If you're looking to generate some income, like thousands of bucks, for a very small investment, meaning your time and just uh, learning how to how this business works. All right, so let's get back to our bonus tip for digital audio workstations. I personally believe that it's a very good idea when you're doing your research on digital audio workstations, choose one that comes with a ton 
of different plugins, samples, those types of things. So I mean like synths, uh, drum kits, loops, effects. Try to find something that's more robust. So I mentioned earlier when you are you know going and comparing and contrasting one software system versus another, look into what's being provided out of the box, so to speak. That way, when you do purchase your digital audio workstation, you're not now having to spend a lot more money on plugins. I I mentioned earlier about a vocal correction plugin. I just happen to have a license for it that allows me to use it on both Mac and PC. But if I didn't have that, man, I would have to buy that plugin all over again. And that plugin alone, man, is like a few hundred dollars. So make sure that when you purchase your new digital audio workstation, that there are robust plugins given to you out of the box. That way, when I say out of the box, meaning right Include it right with the program, and that way you don't even have to worry about loading it up or worrying about compatibility, something I also mentioned earlier. It's all there. So, yeah, it may be a different reverb than you're used to, but at least it's included. Yeah, it may be different loops than you have in your other digital audio workstation, but again, you have some free content, saving you money on your investment because, again, when we talked about cost of ownership – You need to look at the entire picture. And yeah, when you do, man, you will be more successful in your digital recording game. You will be more successful in this music game. Yo, I appreciate you tuning in to the podcast as usual. Make sure that you share our podcast with your band, your music students, with your mama, with whoever will listen to it. Hey, we appreciate the love, man. And do us a huge favor. Go over to iTunes specifically and leave us a review. We would love to hear from you and keep the show going. Hey, one more thing. If you happen to have questions, just go over to our main website and you'll see how to send us a message. We will cover your questions here on the podcast. Going over to successwithmusic.com. Again, that's success with music.com yo check us on the next episode ten dollars a gas won't fill the tank no this just gets old i know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life that is my dream here's to a family